It all started for me when I thought, you know what, I'm not listening to this negative narrator that's embedded in my mind that just keeps growing and growing. The more I feed it, the more it grows. I gotta change my mindset and I have to remain positive. I have no other choice in my life. What up, people? Welcome to another episode of the Positive Self Storyteller Podcast. I am your host, Ryan, and this is a platform I use to bring mental health awareness and a way of adding value to people's lives through our stories of positivity. Now, today, my very special guest is Youssef Khan, and he's an online entrepreneur. I met him through Facebook, through one of our mental health groups, I believe. And oh, I, put a po- yeah. Yeah, I put a post out there to see uh, if anybody wants to join me on my podcast, and he was well up for it. So here he is. What's up, Youssef? How you doing, man? I'm good, mate. How are you? How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for being on here. No worries. Thanks for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure to be on here. It really is. I'm, I'm excited. I am excited. Good, man. Yeah, I can see. I can see. So, uh, just to, if you would just want to just kind of um, tell the listeners, again, who you are, what it is it that you do, uh, why you're on your kind of journey, really kind of brief, and then we'll just get straight into the kind of the story. Yeah, no worries, man. Anything you like. So, so hi, everyone. My name is Yusef Khan. I'm 23 years old. I live in the UK. I live in the Northeast, but I'm actually from the South of the UK. And... Um, since I was about 16 years old, I've had a very, like, my, my personal development journey has been like, uh, I'd say the, there's a lot of words to describe it. There's, I'd say, mental. Uh, another word would probably be uh, everlasting, growing. There's so many words I can use to actually, there's yet to be a word to describe how, what my journey has been like. But um, in short, I'm a, from age of 16, I'm a formal professional boxer. And I was 18, became a drug addict. I got clean at age 19. Well, started to get clean at 19. I checked out at 20. And I went to university, got an electronic, electrical engineering degree. But since then, I've been pursuing um, a journey of online entrepreneurship. What I do is I help uh, other people in this world build social media online businesses to help them to help them on their own journey of personal development, to help them actually build the dream life that they want, to actually, I want to be able to inspire others to actually get get themselves outside their comfort zone so they could do the same to others. I want to bring the vulnerability out of them so they can help others be at ease. That's one of my biggest goals. I have a huge, one of my biggest goals is to travel the world, show everyone what, um, everything I've learned, even though I'm still young, I've still got so much to learn. I, I definitely do know that. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yo, that's, uh, hats off to you, dude, man. Hats off, hats off to you. You know, I'm going to go over everything you've just said. Um, but straight off the bat, great inspiration to not just people of, of, uh, who are younger, but also everybody, man, to know exactly kind of what you want to do. And your kind of goal is to help people, not kind of help yourself. In turn, yeah. that will happen. But if you 100%. want to help people, then what a great cause. Helping others is literally what gives me the drive to be better. If I can, let's say if I'm like, um, I'm with 10, I'm like with 20 people. If I help at least one or two of them, that's my day made. That's yeah. my week made. Honestly, yeah. that gives me the absolute biggest satisfaction. It really does. And that pushes me further to help out others. Yeah, great. But kind of like the same journey. Like if this podcast helps one person, then my job is done. You know, and I can't, yeah. do, the, and I can't do this podcast unless I have people like you on. So it all, all comes down to that kind of um, 
collaboration. You know what I mean? Definitely, so what yeah, we need we need some great like great leaders and speakers like you to actually put this out there and actually you're doing this as well. You help you help out one person, inspires you to do more. There's there's so many people to help out in this world. Like there's been, what's the population as well? I don't even know what it is. But it's someone like seven. Uh, well, last time I kind of checked, it was someone like seven uh, billion. I think crazy. I know, and if you and like, you know, if you get one percent of that, or even less than one percent of that, it's still a lot. Again, yeah, people who want to strive to do great things and to want to like able to talk and be able to uh, inspire and help all the people, then I think yeah. you need to manage it a little bit. You know, everybody wants Definitely. to be like the, the kind of like the Tony Robbins and all like the great kind of speakers and all like the great helpers, which is great mm. to achieve. But kind of manage your expectations a little bit and have a small piece of the pie and just if you again. 0.1% of 7 billion is still a hell of a lot of people. A lot. You know what I mean? Lot, yeah. So you just got to like, again, I always say it, man, just manage your expectations. So, Appreciate it. yeah. So getting into your, um, your story from negative to positive, uh, you say at 16, uh, you became a professional, oh, you started boxing, even professional boxing. Yeah. So I started boxing when I was 10. I didn't really start taking it okay. seriously until I was 13. That was when I moved to England because before when I was 10, when I started it, I was living in the Netherlands. And so when I moved to England at 13, I, I moved to the, the boxing nation, if you like to say that, the, the, the country that invented, that sort of invented um, mm -hmm. combat sports. So that's when I really started to dive into that. And I became, um, from, aged, uh, four, from ages 13 to 16, I became um, county champion, national champion, GB champion. I, uh, I had trials for Team GB for the for the Great Britain the Team GB Olympic team when I was 15. Wow. This was in early I think it was late 2012. This was for the Rio 2012 Olympics. Okay. And um, what happened was this was basically um, doing a bit of details on this. How they did it was they took um, I was in the um, I was in the uh, featherweight division, so I was fighting at about 56 kg. And what they had was they had about out of everyone in the UK, they had about 145, 145 players, I think it was around that much, uh, around the whole of the UK. And then we had a two-week trials with the Team GB trainers, and they put us through the test. It was absolutely brutal. It really I bet, was. Dude, I bet. And they only, they only took the, the top five for the final tests, and I placed 22nd out right. of 145. But even at, even at the time, when I look at it now, I look at it as an incredible achievement. Of the course. lessons I learned from them is insane. But back then, I was furious. I was so annoyed because I had this, I had this one goal in my mind to be an Olympic gold medalist. And I placed 22nd out of 145. <laughs> so I was like, if I place for 22nd, I might as well finish last. That's not what I want. Okay. And I got so annoyed in myself and it inspired me to work so much harder. Good. But I, I believe that. I personally believe that everything is meant, everything happens for a reason. Everything is meant to be. And the universe will make your dreams happen. It doesn't matter how you feel. So at that time, I missed out on the Team GB uh, Olympic team. But I didn't let it get me down for a long time. I continued working hard. I continued boxing. And on my 16th, 16th birthday, which was the 12th of June in 20, 2013, I then received a pre-professional contract. So in the UK, you can only fight professionally at age 18. But when I was 16, I was given a contract that said, as soon as you turn 18, you are officially a pro boxer. Yeah, hey, you must have been good, man. Oh, mate, I felt like I was... <laughs> I, at that time, I felt like my life was done. I was, I was going to be the next Floyd Mayweather. That's how uh -huh. I felt. I was like, life is sorted. 
Yeah. But at that time, my trainers were like, okay, mate, now the hard work starts. Now we're on it. Yeah. Now we got to grind. And I was still going to school at that time as well. So I had to fit in. While still going to school, I had to fit in eight hours of boxing training every single day except Sunday. Wow, yeah, that's that's graft, man. That's grind. That's grind work. Yeah, it really was. I appreciate that, mate. And that's what that's what um, it actually taught me. Uh, boxing. It taught me. It taught me the epic of the epics of working hard, working mm. hard for your dreams. If you haven't got time, make time. Find it. You get rid of distractions and you prioritize your top needs. Preach so it, man. Preach it. Preach it. Definitely, yes. yeah. One hundred ten percent, guys. You haven't yes. got time. Make time. Mm. Make time for your goals. What I used to do is we got up at 5.45 in the morning, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., just some cardio training and some light sparring. We did a bit of that. 8 a.m., we had breakfast, got to school at 9 a.m. And uh, I, was in, uh, I was in sixth form, sort of college at this time as well, so we had free periods as well, which I was lucky. Mm. And I used that, those times to actually get some training in, so I'd go for a run. We had a little small gym in our school as well, so I'd get on the weights there, hit the bag, things like that. I'd train during lunchtime as well. We finished school at four. So by that time, I got just about four hours of boxing training, then got to the back to the boxing gym at half past four, trained till half eight, half nine, go to bed. That was my life from 16 to 18. Well, that's, that's the kind of commitment that people don't see. Mm. Commitment that needs to happen if you want to achieve, if you want to do what you want to do in this life. You got one hundred and ten percent, mate. Like yeah. it's been anything. No one ever, no one ever sees the journey. They only see the end result, which yeah. is, which is obviously like, obviously they can't see the journey because they don't really know what mm-hmm. you're going through. They can only see how you end up at the end of it. But one thing that's really important is understanding the journey is the re is where the real growth happens. And only I you think- and the people around you can see that. I always think it's about the journey. Always yeah. think it's about the journey. I heard a story actually about, um, it's kind of a metaphor really for this. There was a, there was a, a gentleman who, uh, he was in an accident and he hurt his arm. And the doctors mm-hmm. told him that um, it's going to take you two years of extensive work to get your, uh, your arm working the way it used to. So for wow. every day he would go through this, uh, this process this rehabilitation and you know on like 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 you on the grind just doing it just doing it just doing it on this journey and then when two years was up he went back to see the doctor and the doctor told him he said unfortunately your arm uh, isn't going to function like you thought it would function after two years of re- uh, rehabilitation then you are asked the question what did he learn okay he may have not got, got the outcome that he wanted but what did he learn? He learned hard work. He learned grind. He learned everyday struggle. He learned that the journey is the most important. And then he can apply yeah, that to other things, things yeah. in his life. Oh, mate, mic drop. Mic drop. He just did it there. Love that. But again, that's what you've done. That's You yeah. showed that. And I think that's what yeah. people miss is that journey of it, you know? Yeah, 110%. 100% agree, mate. Thanks so, so much. Like, I'm, I like my boxing. I've got, I kind of got into slightly boxing over the last... Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, into the last, let me think five years maybe i bought a bag cheap from ebay from like a neighbor on the oh, corner really? oh then, we all are. i love that absolutely love that and, Who's and, your favorite uh, and now like i bought I had, a, I had a bag for christmas but my neighbor said oh. i couldn't put it on the wall because we got adjoining walls because hitting the wall said, oh god we stand in one oh okay right yeah and um there's i've been a bit of a i'm a bit of a sports nut i have been since a young age and there's yeah, always yeah, things yeah. That i try and then i i you know you don't latch on to like i've been yeah. playing basketball for years 
So I keep doing that kind of stuff. And then I took, I kind of started hitting the bag and now oh, it's kind of the best cardio workout, you know, oh, we're skipping yeah. and boxing, doing like a 30 minute session. Just fantastic. It's all you need. It works your whole body as well because your whole body is moving. Your whole body is working. So you yeah. consistently, your muscles are consistently working throughout that time, consistently burning calories, builds your muscle tissue. It's honestly, if everyone wants to get in shape, I highly recommend boxing training. It's fun yeah. as well. It, it makes, is. You want to keep going back to do it. Brilliant. Yeah, it does. It does. I got, again, I, I got so much to learn in it. Like I was hitting it kind of wrong. I got the outside of my knuckles and the other day I haven't yeah. been in for a while and stuff. And I got, I remember to put my hands up always and catching yeah. hooks. On the, but yeah, really good fun. So like, I know we're kind of off topic here, but if anybody wants to get into <laughs> boxing, uh, me and, uh, me and Yusuf highly recommend it, especially from, uh, you know, someone who's experienced as Yusuf. So, so then, hey, hey, that's a great kind of uh, opener really. So from the 10 years of uh, 10 to about 16 up to about 18, you said, you know, avidly kind of into boxing, uh, doing everything that a boxer of a high standard needs to do. So yeah, then what happens after that then? So, you know, you continue doing your boxing, but then you reach 18 and it kind of uh, takes a turn. One of the biggest turns of my life. And you know what? It's probably when I look back at it, with everything that's happening in my life right now, it was necessary. Okay. And the reason why is because it's led me to the led me to be the person that I am now. Because mm-hmm. when I turned sixteen and I got that professional boxing boxing contract, I worked every single day to try and make this dream happen. I worked consistently almost every day for two years. Hell bent on making this goal happen. Mm-hmm. It was I was obsessed with it. Every I couldn't go a, a second without thinking about it. Any second I'll just think anything to do with boxing. That it was my obsession. Mm-hmm. But throughout, just before I turned 18, things weren't going well boxing-wise. And just before my 18th birthday, I was told I was going to be let go. Why was that? Uh, being a bit open here, this was, uh, I can remember, this was a long time ago. But what happened was, um, just before I turned 18, I started to get very... What's the word? Um, I started to get a bit superficial, if you know what I mean. I started to almost think like I was a bit, I started to believe my own hype. I started to believe that. Yeah, you weren't grounded. Because, you weren't grounded, right? Yeah, I, I, because, because I received that contract and because I was getting closer, I was like, okay, I've done my hard work. I can just ease off a bit more. Mm, dangerous territory, man. Dangerous territory. A slippery slope started to happen. And I remember just before... I think it was about a month before I got terminated. I had a staph infection. I suddenly got a staph infection, which is basically like an infection which affects your joints, it affects your elbows, your knees. It really does impact impact your ability to actually move. Okay. I remember this being an absolute pain. But the thing is, my my coaching team and my trainers didn't know about this, and I had a and I remember having a really important fight around. I think it was just about the beginning of May. I think it was beginning of May. I had a very important fight and I knew I had to win this. And if I pulled it, and uh, the thing is, I went to the doctors and because, to, treat this, to get this infection checked. And he said, pull out. You, got, you need to pull out of this. Doesn't matter what the hell this is, what's happened right here. You're going to get yourself hurt. But because I was so focused on getting this, on making this dream happen, I said, no, I'm doing this. I've got to do this, whatever it takes. I've got to do this. I had to make sure I did every single thing in my power to make sure I won that. And throughout that month, 
throughout trading. Trading was so hard. I started to get very lethargic. I was tired all the time. My body started to hurt. Um, my joints were, my knees were absolutely killing. My spine was starting to get in a lot of pain as well. I couldn't really guard that much as well because every time I did this, my elbows started to hurt, which made my hands drop a lot, which, which meant my face was vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we, got, when we got to fight night on the important night, I did not feel good at all. I felt like death warmed up. I could not move. It was, I don't remember much from that fight because I got knocked out. But the last thing I do remember was getting into the car and I was listening to Eminem. I was listening to the song, I'm not sure the song, Till I Collapse by Eminem. Okay. That's the last thing I remember of that, that, um, that night. But from what I was told, I didn't look myself at all in the, in the dressing room just before the fight, through my ring walk. When I got there, and I got, and uh, I think it was in the second round, I got knocked out. I was, when I want to say knocked out. I was unconscious. Okay. I was completely unconscious because my body was so weak. It was a complete easy fight for him. And um, I think it was like two days after that, I woke up in hospital. I don't know where I was. I thought I was still in the boxing ring. So when I woke up. I was almost like. No, oh, like that. I still trying to like card up a little bit, you know what I mean? Scramble to get up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was still trying to do that because I thought I was still in the ring because I had no idea what was happening. It was very, very strange. And I remember um, my dad, my dad, my dad was was right next to me. I think my brother, uh, if I can remember, my brother was next to him, and I had my team around me too. And they realized, they knew as soon as they saw me, when they found out everything that happens with the staph infection they knew that I didn't tell them about this mm. and I completely, I lied to them. I hid this from them and we never ever do that. And so that's why our promotion. Got you. Yeah, I see. I see. So they, they kind of punished you in some respect because you didn't be honest with them and upfront about I, something yeah. that would jeopardize what you lived for. And that was, yeah, it was part of the contract too that I signed. And I completely, I broke that. And yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of get it. And I probably a lot of people listening to this would, have, would still get it too. Like you fight, literally fight for so many years and do everything you can in your power to be the best that you can be um, at your, you know, at the ability that you are. And mm. then something as, you know, as an infection hits you and what you do, you've got a choice to make then. Do you then say, you know what, this is nothing. I'm going to get through this because I can fight my way through this because nothing is going to stop me from getting to where I got to be. But then you are in jeopardy of, you know, ramifications that will devastate you because it means so much to you. Yeah, it meant the world to me. It literally, I cannot think about anything else. I didn't care about my friends. I didn't have many friends at that time because I didn't, because I didn't care. I didn't care about that. I didn't care about being in a relationship. I didn't care about seeing anyone. All I cared about was just getting in that ring. Honestly, I, every time I left school, I just I would just leave school every single day. Just couldn't wait, just get in that ring and get training done and just get in there and fight. So why? So why was why was it so important? What, what is it about boxing for you that was so important? It was the re it was all it all start it all um, originates from how I started. The reason I started, but the reason why people, uh, a lot of people in the end start, why professional boxers start uh, boxing in general, even just mixed martial artists start combat sports, they don't do it because a lot of 99, 99, nine times out of 10, 
the reason why they start it is not because they were inspired by a professional fighter or something like that. The reason why they do it is because they're dealing with something in their childhood that's okay. haunted them almost every single haunted them daily. And I remember when I was uh, just when I was about from eight years old onwards, I was getting bullied. And the reason why that I was getting bullied is because I was quite chubby. I was very fat. So I, I had a bit of the man moves at that age. I was very, very fat. Okay. I just got picked on. I started getting into a lot of, and I started getting beaten up because of it. All I wanted was just, was all about just to start. Mm-hmm. So I had, so what, what was I supposed to do? So I learned how to defend myself. And, the, and how it all happened was actually very crazy. I actually, um, there was one time while I was about nine or 10 years old, there was about two or three people getting up around me uh, just at the school. And I remember I just snapped. I just had enough. And I just retaliated. I fought back. And I actually felt, I wouldn't say I like a bit of felt satisfaction from that because I fought back. It was because that I learned that I can actually overcome something that's affecting me. Mm. I learned, so that's why I got into the boxing gym. I learned how to defend myself. I didn't start fighting because I wanted to fight. I started fighting because I wanted to stop people fighting me. I wanted to stop people beating me up. I didn't care about, at that time, I didn't care about getting in the ring and starting like, you know, and actually boxing. I just wanted all this bullying to stop. Okay. The thing with with any sport like boxing or football or anything like that, once you start, once you start it, once you catch that boxing bug, I call it, you can't stop. You just start to get, I just started to get better and better and better. Things went by and then your mindset changes completely. And you start to think, Hey, I can actually, this is actually pretty cool. Like I remember my first, I remember my first spa. I remember my, my first spa was absolutely terrible. I got beat the, 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 the F out. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't, yeah, it's fine. You feel free to say what you want to say, dude. Yeah. Cool. Oh, please, yeah, cheers, yeah. I got beat the fuck out of i was mm. literally devastated i remember when i i remember how i felt after that i was like oh i hate this i'm not doing this anymore i am i hate this so much because the feeling of getting punched in the face and you have no and you have no way to defend yourself is absolutely devastating it's appalling but i gave it time and i kept going and i kept going i stayed consistent with it i just saw myself getting better gradually and i was like i went to my train and i was like dude this is sick this is brilliant. I, I felt like I felt on top of this world. I was like, wow, I'm actually good at something. Because back in my life, I was not really that good at many that, that good at things. I wasn't really the, I wasn't really a geek. I, I wasn't really like the typical school kid that you know sits down t- sits down in class, tightens your ties up. Yes, sir. No, sir. All that stuff. I wasn't really that type of guy. I always knew I was different compared to the people in school. But as soon as I started boxing, I started getting better at it. I honest, that was when. I felt like I was finally actually, actually decent at something. Yeah, okay. like of course, of course. So once you feel that, you want to you want to see how far you can go. You want to stay with it, and yeah, you you improve like anything. You know, the more you do it, repetition, uh, the the reward is in the repetition. You know, yeah. so the more you do it, the better you get, and then you get to see it, and you get to. It's a dangerous thing, though, right? Because you know, twofold. One, you're getting better at something that could could kill someone. Mm, yeah. And two, you get your your. Yeah, it can, of course. And also, it becomes unhealthy. Sometimes, you know, exercise is a healthy thing. But if you yeah. do too much of it, then it can become unhealthy. And even yeah, though you've got a really kind of growth mindset from kind yeah. of a young age, you kind of sound like you ostracize yourself where nothing else but boxing. Yeah, nothing else matters. And that, like, can, be, that can be 
Yeah, and that can be a dangerous thing to go down. It really is. Yeah, mm. it, and it, honestly, looking back at it, I was like, why was I thinking like that? Yeah, I pretty much missed out on all of my childhood and teenage years just for a sport. But again, I, I'm, I'm torn because sometimes you, you need that sacrifice, you know, to find that balance for anybody, I think is really difficult. Really difficult. You're right there. You're so right there, mate. Okay, so you get a staph infection and then you get dropped from your contract. So yeah. then how did you do then drugs was like a, a way of just, um, you know, soaking up the pain. What do you, what do you do? Um, well, when I found out that I was, uh, I was going to be let go, I honestly felt like that was just thinking about it now. Um, because before, just before that fight, I literally told every single person that I knew and who cared about me that I needed to win this fight. I needed to make this goal happen. I had this goal implanted in my mind for years, for almost just, just over half under over half a decade i needed to win this fight and i failed mm -hmm. and the feeling it gives to you when you completely give your life to something for years you give it absolutely every single every ounce of breath of breath blood sweat tears anything that you can give to a dream and it was ripped away from you and it was actually ripped away from it was actually ripped away from me because of me yes that's because not, of me and, and we i think we need to kind of be aware of that really it sometimes you know as hard as it is that it, yeah it wasn't taken away from you you unfortunately let it go yeah it was my own fault it was i was the writer of my own downfall mm. and the feeling of the, I have that feeling that I felt when I was told I was going to be let go. I'm not going to lie, mate. I cried my eyes out. Yeah. I was absolutely in, I was in absolute despair. The whole of that six years of training, all that shit that I had gone through, just felt like I'd thrown it all away. It got to the big moment. I absolutely flopped it. And at that moment, that was what it felt like. Okay. Yeah, I get it, man. I get it. I it get hard. it. And um, speaking about the drugs, the drug addiction, um, because I was just about to turn 18, I just finished school. Because I didn't have anything else, because I just lost my boxing dream, we just thought, what are we going to do now? Well, what can I do? Where do you go after building, after trying so hard to build up, build yourself up to achieve a dream and it's ripped away from you completely? Where do you go? What's the next step? What's the next, what is it? What's the next direction for you, Seth Khan? Mm -hmm. Because you were so hell bent on achieving this goal and it was ripped away from you. What do you do now? I only did. So the one thing I, I can only do. That's what everyone else was doing. Go to university. Yeah. And I went to the University of Hull, but I didn't really care where I was. I didn't care what I studied. I didn't care what I was doing. I was still so angry and pissed off at myself that I didn't make this dream happen. And um, I got I moved to um, I moved to quite a rough area, and I was still I was still feeling this incredible amount of pain from. I'm losing my dream career that I fell 
I fell to ecstasy to cope with it. And I remember when I first snorted my line, my first line of ecstasy, I was, cause I was one, I was one because I was feeling so much pain from losing my dream career Two, I was surrounded by the wrong people. You fall into this, it's an ongoing, it's a slippery slope. It's an ongoing negative cycle, which leaves, which leads to other catastrophes. As soon as I snorted that first line of MD, my life, it set my life into an absolute tailspin, both professionally and personally, because I could not get over the simple fact of the obsession that I failed. And so I turned to drugs to cope with the pain. I turned to alcohol to cope with the pain too. I was drinking myself to death. I was going out on the streets. I was fighting gangsters, getting involved in knife crime. And the reason why I was doing that was because I was still trying to prove to myself like, yeah, I can still fight. I can still do this. I can still do this. I, I still have this dream. So I'm going to go out there and prove to it to innocent people by battering them when they didn't even deserve it. But back then, obviously, I wasn't even thinking straight. But that was how my mom was working back then at age 18. I didn't even go to uni that time. I was doing the foundation year at university. But I never went because I was just so hell-bent on still proving to myself that I, could, that I could still make this work when in reality I couldn't. And it was just a slippery, oh man. It's a struggle for you, right? It's a struggle for you now, I can see. Oh yeah. I can oh. see. And again, you know, we talk about uh, anything to take the pain away. So yeah. when, when we have these problems and we want to we want to take a crux, you know, drinking, drugs, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. Unfortunately, what that does is it prevents another problem. Yeah. So you want to you want to do something to take away the problems. You have one problem, and now you end up drinking and get addicted to drugs. Instead of you taking away one problem, you end up having two problems. Yeah. Which is just the craziest thing to do, you know. It was the worst thing to do. Really. You get rid of one, you end up having two. You're like, how did that work? And sometimes exactly. three, four, five, all from the one that it you could. Yeah. Yeah. It just gets worse, mate. It's crazy, but. That was my life for a year from age 18 to 19. I just completely, I was throwing my life away, destroying myself, destroying myself mentally, physically, and emotionally. The people, the innocent, the amount of innocent people that I've hurt and caused pain upon. Yeah, let me ask you, let me ask you, because, you know, a lot of my, a lot of my listeners, um, they might respond to this because I haven't had anybody on who's gone through a journey that you've gone through, especially at a young age. And especially then when they took the knife crime and as we know, kind of knife crime is big within the UK. Uh, mm. and it has been for the last couple of years. So what was that like for you? You know, like how did you manage to fall into that? And then how did you manage to get out of it? Falling into it was, was a number of reasons. It was one still trying to cope with the pain of my previous failures. And, but I think that was actually more, that was actually, um, I think the fact that, but, but another reason as well was actually being surrounded by the wrong people too. Yeah. Your environment can really have a huge impact of course. on your mental well being. I was surrounded by the wrong people too. I'm not trying to take it, I'm not trying to use that as an excuse to why I fell into it because it was my decision to actually join them. Mm -hmm. That was on my behalf. So it's all 110% my fault. But I chose to side myself with these people 
and these people were literally just going out doing these stupid things whatever it is causing harm on people getting themselves into you know assaults you know theft all that stuff it was it's the combination of those two your environment and how you feel can really dictate your actions in your current life and in your future yeah of course i had to say it was those two but i'd say it was more predominantly even though those two it was mainly those it was more predominantly how i was making choices Mm-hmm. because yep. the way the choices you make and the way you think can have a huge impact on your life of course they will affect your behavior and your emotional oh, yeah. state yeah. like again it's all down to the choices that you make and some of the choices are really hard and why do we make you know isn't it easier to make an easier choice because there's yeah. no work involved there's no effort yeah. there's no energy to give so then we're That's going to go easy, down the easier route exactly yeah. exactly and uh, so you so you get clean at 19 and then you're off to uni at 20. So no, so um, I started university at 18. I was oh, in the foundation year. Got you. So, um, oh yeah, so I, I see, I see, yeah, okay. Yeah, so I started the foundation year at age 18. Just before I turned 19, it was about a month before that. That was, um, so I, I believe in life or in everyone else's life, there's, there's a turning point. There's a point, there's a point which inflicts a huge change, a huge flick of the switch in your head to make the biggest changes in your life. Mm-hmm. And I remember this day, I remember this day like it was yesterday. I'll never ever forget this day because this day was my turning point. So what happened was oh, it's hard to explain. Uh okay, spare me. Yeah, man, you take, hey, you take your time, man. You take your time, man. Okay. Oh. All right. So I went out with uh, the people I was hanging out with, the wrong crowd. And I remember waking up in a council flat. And I was on the floor. I was sleeping on the floor. I was completely naked. And I had like a, I had like a bed sheet over me too to cover me up as a duvet. I didn't have any pillows at all and I had a girl and there was a girl next to me as well and she was completely naked too and I remember my head my head was turned to my left and I just woke up opened my eyes and the girl was on my right and she had her arm over my chest like that and um, I remember when I was just like this my head was facing this way her, heart, her arm was just like this in my chest. I turned to the right very slowly. And this moment was my turning point. Because it turns out this girl was holding a knife in her hand and it was on the edge of my throat. When I turned in this way, I felt the edge of the knife on my throat. So you turned your neck into the sharp part of the blade? Yeah. And as soon as I felt that, as soon as I felt that, as soon as I felt that, I literally said to myself, what have you done? What the hell, what the fuck have you done? This time last year, you were on the verge of achieving your dream. And now look at you. Look at the people you're around. Look what the fuck's touching your neck right now. 
If you turned your head any further, you would have slit your own throat. What the actual hell have I just done? And I could not believe, I just looked around the room and I couldn't, and so many thoughts were going through my mind. I could not believe what I was doing. And I just remembered saying to, and it was at that moment, that knife on the throat, that was my turning point. That was the, that was the emotional trigger that I needed to get myself out of the situation. So what I did was I, I couldn't find my clothes anywhere at that time as well. I can only find like a small pair of shorts, which I put on and I had to sneak out too, because everyone else was sleeping around as well. And there was still a lot of knives around. There was a bit of guns around too. There was a lot of, um, there was a lot of uh, cigarettes around the room as well. Burnt out cigarettes, bottles of alcohol and all that stuff. I had to make sure I didn't make any noises. And I just remember saying to myself, I've got to get out of here. I have to get out. I've got to leave. I need to leave. So I snuck out. I put these pair of shorts on. I couldn't find my shoes anywhere, but I didn't care. I just left them. I left everything there. And I left. I just left. I, I, I took off. I remember I ran. I remember running back to my um, to my university accommodation. I, I sprinted the whole way. I got back to my room. I just sat on my bed, on the edge of my bed. I remember just saying to myself, look at you. What have you done? What the fuck have you done? This time last year, you were helping out others along with helping yourself to achieve your dream. And now you almost threw your life away. It took a, a knife on the throat for you to realize that. The amount of pain and suffering you caused onto innocent people who you don't even know and they don't even and they don't even know you. But you had it on upon yourself to actually cause pain and suffering on them. It took you a fucking knife on the throat to realize this. This is, this, is, this is powerful stuff, man. This is powerful stuff. And I can see that it, it still kind of uh, haunts you a little bit to this day, right? It does. Yeah. Like, yeah, of course. like 15, 20 minutes before this, I was throwing up because I was like, you have to, you have to spit this. Yeah. I've, and I get, and I get, and this is what the kind of this podcast is about. And I'm glad you're on it, man. It's just real people, like authentic people, like just bearing all their shit clean and open for people to hear and to realize that, you know, we, everybody goes through crap. Yeah. It's not about what we went through. It's how we respond to it. Yeah. And that's what, that's what is most important. It's not about what we can't control. It's about what we can control and we yeah. can control 100%. our decisions and our choices moving forward in life. 110%. I 110% agree with that. It has to be mine. It has to be. It doesn't matter what comes our way whatever battle we have raging inside us inside our heads we always have a choice yeah i'm now starting to choose to become the best version of myself good, man. It's, good. The choice, it's the choices that thank you so much mate it's the choices that make us who we are mm. and we can always choose to do what's right we can always choose to do what's best for us and our loved ones it's up to you to make those choices not down to anyone it's not down to your loved ones it's not down to your brother, your sister, your friends, your family, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, or your parents, or anyone. It's you that's going to make those choices. You change the way you think, you change the way you act. And if you change the way you act, 
you change the way you feel. And okay. I live by that. Most been, definitely. And I, and I, I totally agree. Yeah, I agree. 100% again, agree. You know, to your point, I, if you do change, yeah, you change the way you think, you change the way you feel, you change the way you feel, you change the way you think. It's all a cycle. And again, it all comes down to a choice. So yeah, you, so you now, you know, moving on from university and you decide to become an online entrepreneur. So through all your struggle and through all your strife and through all your turning point, what now led you down this path to be an online entrepreneur? This is actually another journey on itself too. This is when things started to get better for me. So after I, so after that time when I had my turning point for drug addiction, I came clean to my family saying, I need help. I need help. And that was one of the hardest things for me to do. That was so tough for me to do. I couldn't. Mm -hmm. Admitting the fact that I am a wreck and mm -hmm. I am an absolute mess was difficult for me because throughout my life, I built up this persona that I am tough because I was a fighter. I'm mentally tough. I don't show pain. And the fact that I showed pain at that time was tough for me, but I knew it was the right choice long-term. And so I got into, I went away into rehab, eight months. I got out around, I think it was July of 2017. I checked out of rehab. I felt, I felt better. I definitely felt better, but I didn't really, I still had no clarity on what, what my life was, what was actually in stock for me. What is it that's actually going to give me the passion to actually be the best version of myself? So I made, so I made one of the biggest decisions to go back to university and finish off my degree. That was tough for me because I went back to the same university. Okay. And it was like, I'm going back to face my own demons, but you're going back a better, stronger version of yourself. And even just getting back there was a huge learning curve for me. I started to knuckle, I started to knuckle down well on my studies. I completed my degree during COVID actually as well, because um, oh, well done. I, completed, I completed my degree in, um, uh, there was a, I finished it in July, not July, uh, May, 2020. And so we, uh, because um, uh, when our first lockdown happened, university shut down yeah so we couldn't actually complete our exams we had to complete them back at home and at this time when as soon as i got back home during covid i started to realize like yes i have this degree but it's not really giving me any fulfillment i don't feel like i'm actually living the life i want to live i'm not feeling like i can actually help out others because i've realized i have a powerful story i felt myself like i was just about to finish uni i kept on reflecting back when i started uni the polar difference between the two people mm. I was. You leveled up, man. Like you leveled up. So let me, one of my kind of um, ways of looking at this is because I'm a big avid gamer and I teach game art. I've been like gaming okay. is kind of like my thing, my degrees in game design and so on and so forth. And mm. the way I relate to it where people uh, become a bit, bit better, better version of themselves, a better person of themselves. Mm. Some people say that they are reborn. It's kind of as cheesy as yeah. it sounds, right? And you say reborn, yeah. or you say, you know, I've turned four today because my life now started, you know, four years ago, my new life. What I like yeah. to say is that you leveled up. So in the yeah. games, yeah. you know, you took your mushroom, you got bigger like in Mario, or you just, yeah. um, you uh, went on your skill tree, you got some more levels and blah, 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 bum. And now yeah, you're, you're, you're ranking up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. So I felt like at that time, once university was finished, I'm going to go into a nine to five job and I'm going to feel like 
I'm not live. I'm not building my own dream. I'm building someone else's dream via a nine to five. That is not what I want to do. Mm. I don't want to work. I don't want to work 40, 50 hours a week or whatever it is, enslaving my time just to one, build someone else's dream, two, to retire when I'm age 65 or whatever it is. I realized I was worth more than that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but it just wasn't for me. Yeah. I didn't want to do that anymore. So, and I remember there was a, another life-changing moment for me, which got me into uh, online entrepreneurship. I was scrolling through Facebook on my phone. I was just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And I found a Facebook ad. Mm-hmm. I found an advert on Facebook, which was detailing this online community that I'm a part of to become a digital entrepreneur. And I clicked on it, I signed up straight away and I was hooked. <laughs> this was what, I honestly felt like this was what I was searching for ever since, ever since I was born. Now, I know we don't think anything's, anything's when we were born, but I honestly felt like this was, this is it. This is what I was made for. And perfect, I, I never used the word perfect because I never believe anything's perfect. Not. But I believed that I was perfect for this. And so I went all guns blazing into this and I've never looked back. I am now, you see, five, six years ago, I was thrown away my life. I was thrown away all my dreams and I was causing pain on others. Now, I am now helping others to build the dream life of their own, to quit their nine to five, to be able to go through self-development, to travel the world, whatever it is they want to do, I now help others do that. Let me ask you a question. So two yep. questions. One, do you feel that you have an addictive personality? Ooh, I believe I, I like to, I like to see, to be honest, when people ask me that, I like to, I like to think of their answer as like the, as like the actual answer. But if you're asking me, I'd say, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And the second of all, you give your everything to boxing, mm. everything, blood, sweat and tears, you dream. And then unfortunately that didn't pan out for you. And that took you down a dark path. Mm. What steps have you taken or what steps are you looking to take? If you now go down this particular dream and down this particular path that you say you're perfect for, and it doesn't pan out, how are you now not going to go down the same route that you did if when boxing didn't pan out? I, it's because, um, I now definitely know for a fact that the worst of my life is behind me. Okay. The worst, my life cannot get any worse now because I have been through all of the shits throughout my addiction and throughout that time from being age 18 to 20. The hardest, I, I firmly believe, I, I won't say believe, I know that the hardest parts of my life are done. It's finished and I'm only 23. I have got so many years left of my life to be happy. Is that because you know now, you think you know how to deal with the hard times that are possibly going to come? 110% yes. I have, I have been through the worst of it at a young age, and it's allowed me to build up the courage and the strength to deal with any setback that comes in my life. And I know they're going to happen because mm-hmm. it's life. If you don't have any setbacks in your life, you're playing it too easy and you're staying in your comfort zone and you are ne- you're never going to grow. You're never going to go through personal development. You've got to consistently be outside of your comfort zone to allow personal development to happen. If you don't, then you're going to be stagnant. 
and you're just going to be superficial and you're never going to be the best version of yourself. And that's what I strive to be now for the rest of my life. Wow. Back then I was throwing away my life. Now I'm living it and I'm helping others build their dream life. And I've never, the only time I look back is to reflect on how far I've come. But if I look back at it now, I would say I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing. I honestly wouldn't because. Uh, I know I get it. I get it. Me neither, man. Me neither. Like yeah, some, of my dark, some, of my darkest days, some of my darkest days and some of my trauma in my life, uh, been horrendous for me. Absolutely horrendous. Yeah. You know, they've taken Hats me. Hats off to you for getting through it, mate. Hats off to you. Oh, you know, yeah. Thank you, man. We all, we, we all find the strength, you know, to do yeah. it, you know, and, um, I'm so glad that I'm still here for the people who were in my life to benefit from what life I'm living now and the life that I'm going to give them. We're, we're glad you're here, mate. We're glad you're, we're all here. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Again, you too, man. You too. I'm glad you got through your addiction. I'm glad you got through your rehabilitation and you're up the other side and you can clearly see the bigger picture. What is your life? Yeah. So good I now on know. I can, I am now like, I am the painter of my own canvas now. Mm. I can control my own life. Good, and man. I think, I think that was what I was searching for, for the whole time. I want to be in control of my own life and it took me 22 23 years to find it but the journey was so worth it in the end oh most definitely and you've you know and you've finally become a positive self storyteller so good on you oh, <laughs> yeah i'm all about i'm all about positivity i'm all about course, being the best version of yourself of course man of course all right so i'm going to ask you a few questions so as i get to the yeah. end of the podcast i ask my, my guests questions so the first question i'm going to ask you is what is something people seem to misunderstand about you? Misunderstand about me? Um, let's have a look. I would say, hmm, that's a good question, actually. In mm -hmm. terms of misunderstand about me, it would probably have to be what I stand for. Okay. Because throughout my times, throughout my early years of my life, especially towards it's during my boxing career, people had always thought that I only cared about myself because I was only focused on my own goals and no one else's. And when I, when I tell people that, when I tell people about my boxing career, they always, they'll start to think that I'm, I'm quite a selfish person. When in reality, it's the exact opposite mm. because I now live a life where I always try and help out others. And I always try, I wouldn't say I put others uh, a top priority first, I always believe in putting yourself first, but there are certain situations where you have to put others first. It's all about finding a balance. Of course it is. I'd say, I'd say probably selfishness because of what's happened in my past. But cool. I'm, to be honest with you, I'm not really too bothered what people think of me anymore. Life's I'm not going to lie. I really life, am not. Life is way too short, man. Life is way too short. 100%. Life is way too short for that. Be, be yourself. There's only one you. Of course Don't waste it living someone else's life. Do what you want to do, whatever it is. You do it. Listen up, people. Listen up. Okay, next question. If you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would they be? Oh, my God. Um, one of them would have to be my favorite boxer of all time, Mr. Tyson Fury. Okay. He is an, uh, the journey <laughs> he's gone through, not just as a boxer, but as a human um, being. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's absolutely inspiring. Yeah, it's I great. It's great. Him. Okay, it's Tyson Fury. Uh, so Tyson Fury, um, let's have a look. I'm going to have to go with one of my favorite entrepreneurs of all time. And that's Fraser Brooks. Okay. He's one of my favorite entrepreneurs. He's a network marketer. He's an absolute 
he could literally he's one of the funniest guys you'll ever meet i would just love just to sit or even just to sit down and just have a beer with him would be absolutely fantastic so tyson fury fraser brooks and um i'm gonna go with oh this is a good question the third one let me have a think i'm gonna go grant cardone who's that Grant Cardone is another um, online entrepreneur. He's, okay. a, he's in real estate. Gotcha. This guy is, this guy teaches the best about taking action and never being, never procrastinating and never being superficial in anything in your life. He is so hell bent on teaching, on teaching others, on taking action with your dreams. Cool. And oh, I'd, I just love to pick his brain. I really do. Okay. So, yeah, cool. Fury, Fraser Brooks, Grant Cardone. Great. Okay. Next question. If you had a hundred million pounds to spend on a health tech, and had no red tape, so you could do anything you want. What would you spend it on? So, like, on if I had a hundred pounds on like hundred a hundred million pounds oh. to spend on health tech, a new technology to benefit health. Uh-huh. What would it be? For me, it would be a way. It would probably be on something to help others understand how mental health works. Mm, okay. anything like that yeah. because if you can really because mental because understanding mental health is one of the most difficult journeys you can undergo no i know the much easier it's for you to understand it the better your life is going to be and the more happy you are going to be so i say something that's going to allow you to actually unlock the barriers inside your brain to really understand how you really feel deep down inside so something like that i don't know okay. what it's going to be yeah, of course. Well, yeah, you can be yeah. everyone. This something, is, that, something that allows you to understand mental health. This is your 100 million. All right, cool. Okay. Uh, in 150 years, scientists failed to save us. And there's one book left, and it's about your life. What would the title of that book be? Can't Stop Me. Can't Stop Me. Okay. Can't stop me. <laughs> cool. I love that. 100%. Okay. Um, what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? What makes you feel inspired? I would say there's two things actually. One thing is reflecting on how much I've grown throughout a period of time. For example, like let's say I look back in three months time, how much I've grown since then, physically, mentally, and emotionally. The second thing, and this is actually huge for me, is seeing the growth in my loved ones, Mm. the growth and development of the people who I care about. That just warms my heart. It really does. That's that's positive, man. Good on you, dude. Good on you. Yeah. Okay. And um, who are the most influential people in your life? I probably mentioned two and the people you'd have dinner with, but is there anybody else that really inspires you who really is really influential? And that can be, you know, family, friends, whoever, you know? Um, I'm about to say my mom. Yeah. Okay. One of them, because when I was born, my mom couldn't speak English because she's from Pakistan and we were living in the UK. So when my brother and I were born, she couldn't speak English at all. And she learned how to speak English fluently within two years, just so she could communicate with us. And, she, and so that she could send us to a good school. She, she is the definition of a legend. Like she really has, she inspires me to be the best self. She's the reason why I'm so empathetic and compassionate about others. It's because she taught me that from a very young age. Yeah. She always taught me to always give without thinking about reward. Always give just to help someone else. Mm. Doesn't matter how it makes you feel, think about the others. 
and everyone goes through pain. Everyone goes through a personal, I call them a personal Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes through these personal, uh, these personal journeys of pain. We should never judge people on who they are because we never know what they're going through. It is very easy to criticize someone out of nowhere. It is very easy to see the negative sides that we say of people, but we never actually know what, we're, what they're actually going through. Because the only person that actually knows what goes up inside your head is yourself. Of course. Yeah, we it's don't so know. Hard. It's so hard to get others to actually understand how you feel. If you can actually get someone that actually understands how you feel, hats off to you. Then you've got a, a loyal friend, relative, loved one, whoever they may be. Mm-hmm. Keep them. Of course. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, definitely my mum. So if someone's in a similar position as you or... or, or if someone is in a if someone is in a similar position that you were in, what would you tell them to do? Seek help immediately. Immediately seek help. Never be ashamed of seeking help. Yeah. If you are in a situation where you're asking for help, where you where you're not asking for help, you're kidding yourself. Because I believe there's no such thing as an expert, because there's always room to improve. It doesn't matter what situation you're in whatever the whatever the pain is or how severe it is there's always a way out of it it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done or who you've become you can always find a way out there's always light at the end of the tunnel so i'd always so one of my biggest to, to answer that question i'd just say seek help yeah seek help and let's do it together as a team because you um you mentioned something about strength how you wanted to say that you you know you were proving to yourself how you could still fight and how you were strong and then you didn't want to own up to your family and say that you need help well actually by doing that you're showing more strength than you ever had vulnerability is a huge strength it really is i've only started to realize this honesty man honesty never be afraid to be vulnerable guys that's true strength that's true inner and outer strength 110 percent 110 percent mate and the last question, did I miss anything that you want to discuss? Did I miss anything at all on tonight's podcast? No, not really. No, there we go, man. Yeah, unless you want to ask me anything else, I'm more than happy no, to. No, no, we're all done. We're all done. We're going to wrap this up. We're going to wrap this Brilliant. up. So look, thank you, uh, Youssef, for being on here tonight. It's been a pleasure, man. And again, your story uh, is, a, is a kind of fresh one to me. And um, this will definitely resonate with some of the, the listeners um 110% and keep doing what you're doing because you're on a journey and you're yes, on a growth that can only go up where can they find you uh they can find me on my instagram which is uh just uh the yusef khan no it's all lowercase no underscores none of that cool okay sweet there we are well thank you so much yusef for being on uh tonight's episode guys if you do find that this will help anybody. Please share this message, share this episode with someone that can benefit their life. If you do have a story of positivity yourself that you want to be on the show, then please just email me at the positive self storyteller at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, IG, Twitter, LinkedIn, all just positive self storyteller. Uh, thanks again, Youssef, for being on the show. And Thank guys, so please. Uh, thank you so much. And guys, please, thank you. please remember, if you just want a new chapter in your life, all you have to do is turn the page. See ya.